everyone. Welcome to today's online sermon. We are so excited that you have joined us today. My name is Eden Richardson, and I'm head of women's ministry here at First Baptist. And we are so excited to have Pastor Haw come to us today to preach on God's plan to build a strong family. If you were here this past weekend at the marriage conference, you remember that we launched a new family ministry called Home First, which focuses on family discipleship. And so we're so excited to hear Pastor Hogg preach on that today and how God has great plans for us to build a strong family. So before we jump in, let me pray for us. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to learn about families and Lord, how you created families, Lord, and how you created marriage and how you created parenting, Lord, and children to be underneath parents' wings, Lord. We want to glorify you with the way that we raise our families, Lord. So thank you for Pastor Hogg and the message that he's going to bring to us today, Lord. Prepare our hearts to hear from you. And we love you so much. Amen. A couple have been married 60 years and they fought like cats and dogs the whole time. I mean, it's a miracle they never divorced because the whole time they were married, they were always arguing and shouting at each other. And, and now here they are in the last years of life, and they're in a nursing home together, and they're still fighting all the time. In fact, it got so bad that uh, the nursing home told them if they didn't stop arguing and stop shouting at each other, that they would have to leave the nursing home. And suddenly the, the wife said to her husband, I'll tell you what, Joe, let's, uh, let's pray that one of us dies. And then after the funeral, I'm going to go and live with my sister. And that, you know, it, it can be a little bit funny, but it's so tragic and so sad. There are many couples who don't divorce, but they're miserable. Don't divorce, but they're not happy. They don't have a great marriage. And then, of course, many, many, as we know, do divorce. And that's not what God wants. God wants all of us to have a strong family and a, a happy family, a, a healthy home. And, and we do as well here at First Baptist Church. One of our three priorities when we plan our ministry is what can we do to strengthen families? That's the reason this past Friday evening we had a home base marriage conference and, and we had 200 adults here learning how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife, how to have a better marriage. It's the reason we have our home first ministry at First Baptist Church and, and have a, a, a location on our campus where couples can go and, and get resources that will help them in their relationship uh, it, because it's important and God wants that. And I believe most of us, most of us want a strong family, a strong marriage. And so today I want to talk about God's plan for building a strong family. And, and this sermon's going to be a little different. Normally, I'm uh, teaching, preaching from one of the chapters that we're reading that week in our Bible reading plan and just walking through that passage and what does God teach us. Today, I'm not doing that. Today, I'm going to share with you a topical message. I want, I want to share with you because, you know, the, the, Bible, the Bible says a lot about what husbands are to do and wives are to do and parents are to do and children are to do if they want to have a great family. I just want to share with you today in a, in a very topical type sermon, one thing from God's word for every husband, one thing from God's word for every wife, one thing from God's word for every dad, and one thing from God's word for every mom. And I'm hoping that this one thing for each of those groups from scripture will encourage and, and teach 
and help you move forward in having a strong family, a strong home. And I want to begin with husbands. God's guidance, that one thing that I want to share from God's word with every husband. In the New Testament book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, we read this. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. And so the one thing from that verse I want to share with every husband is that you and I are to be teachable. We are to be students willing and wanting to learn how to be a better husband to our wife. The Greek word translated understanding, live with your wives in an understanding way, means to live with them according to knowledge. And it's knowledge gained by experience, if you will, whether it's our experience or the experience of others, that we are to to grow in our ability to understand our wives, to to understand what how relationships work so we can be the best man and the best husband we can be for our wives. And so we should want to learn. We should take the initiative to, to seek information and to understand things. We should read and we should study and we should investigate. The truth is any man, listen, any man who thinks that he naturally knows enough to be a good husband is in trouble. And, and I can just hear some men arguing with me. If I have to work at it, if, if I have to study then, and, and all of that, then, it, then it's not fun and, and it's not meant to be because if it's meant to be, it should just be natural. Do you know what marriage counselors uh, call men like that? Divorced. <laughs> because if you're not willing to learn and you're not willing to grow, you in all likelihood are headed toward a divorce. Friday night when we had our marriage conference here at First Baptist, Eddie and Don Leopard talked about communication and that a big part of communication is listening. And, and we all know, I mean, there's a lot of jokes about it, how men and women communicate differently uh, when we're sharing stories. Uh, typically, a, a woman uses many, many more words than a man, and they give us a lot more details than we want to hear and, and all of that. And I remember years ago, my wife, Monisa, and I were walking one afternoon, and she was talking about some situations and individuals at work and going into great detail about uh, every about the different individuals and the situation. I mean, just detail after detail, the way women enjoy describing things and, and you know, feeling close to us while they're, while they're talking. And she was telling me all of these details. And, and at one point as we were walking and she was talking, I uh I made the mistake of saying to her, sweetie, don't you have some friends you could tell all this to? Oh, that was a teachable moment for me. See, when when your wife is talking to you and sharing all these details, in one sense, that is her way of being intimate with you. And I had to learn. I had to learn to listen. I had to learn that uh, she's going to tell me more details than, than I may want to hear. And part of being a good husband, and, and God says, listen, men, live with your wives in an understanding way. And if you don't understand that they communicate differently than you and that you need to respect that and appreciate that and adjust to that, you're going to have problems. 
women, our wives, they are, they are wonderful and they are complex and we have so much to learn and learning takes time. Time to, to listen and, and engage with questions so we can understand. Time to research and read books and read pamphlets and go to conferences because God says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. You cannot live with your wife in an understanding way if you are not teachable. So the one thing from God's word I want to say to husbands is be teachable. Now, the one thing I want to say to every wife from God's word is found in Ephesians 5.33, where the Bible says the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. The wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So the one thing I want to say to wives from this passage of scripture is show your husband respect. Now, I did not say respect him. I said show your husband respect. Respect, Because it's one thing to say in your mind, well, I respect him. It's something totally different to demonstrate it, to show it. Show your husband respect because disrespect leads to a downward spiral in your relationship. And if you want to test whether or not you are showing your husband respect, one thing you can do, one test is this. Ask yourself, how do I talk about my husband when I'm talking with other women? How do I talk about my husband when I'm talking with other women? That will give you some insight into how much you really do or do not respect your husband. Nathaniel Hawthorne is a famous author from the 1800s, and I remember in high school reading his famous book, The Scarlet Letter, a great book, by the way, and uh, when he was a young man, he and his wife had been married a, a few years. And one day he came home all discouraged and dejected and feeling like a failure, told his wife he had just lost his job. He had been fired. And rather than being sympathetic or being discouraged with him, she was all excited and said to him, well, now you can write your book. And he said, what? And she walked over and opened a drawer, and, and in it was all of this money, this, this cash. And he asked her, where did that come from? Where'd you get that? And she said, I, I've been saving money every week for years, and we've got, a, we've got enough here for, you to, for, you, for, for us to live for a year. And then she said, and this is a quote, she said, I've always known that you were a genius, and someday you would write a masterpiece. That is a wife who saw the giftedness of her husband that he did not see, and she not only felt it, she demonstrated respect for him and what she knew he was capable of, and he wrote that and other classics, and they had a successful life. God says, wives, Show your husband that you believe in him, that you have confidence in him, that you respect him. Respect him with your words. Respect him with your facial expressions. Respect him with your actions. Respect him with your attitude. Now, the truth is, every husband and every wife needs to love each other, needs to respect each other, needs to understand each other. And even though I've said, husbands, you need to 
understand your wife and wife, you need to respect your husband. And that is true. It is also true that both need to do all of those things for the other one. The husband needs to, yes, understand his wife, but he needs to respect his wife. The wife needs to, yes, respect her husband, but she needs to understand her husband. The truth is all of that is needed. I uh, read the other day about Mike Holmgren, who back in the 1990s was the head football coach of the Green Bay Packers, and they won a Super Bowl while he was their coach. And then in the early 2000s, he was the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks and actually led them to the Super Bowl. I believe they lost in 2006 to the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. His wife, his wife is named Kathy. And before they got married... She spent 10 months back in 1970, 10 months in Africa doing medical missions. And as a young woman, she had wanted to be a medical missionary, but she gave up her dream to marry the man she loved, Mike Holgram. And so in October of 2005, for her birthday, he surprised her with a planned and paid missionary trip, medical missionary trip, if you will, to Africa, to the same place she had been in 1970. He arranged for it and paid for it for her and their daughter to travel and spend that time in Africa. But uh, he had not done good planning because the trip was planned for January, the following January. In January of 2006 is when he, as the coach, led the Seattle Seahawks to the Super Bowl. And now there was this conflict. Was she going to go on the medical missionary trip to Africa or was she going to go to the Super Bowl? She'd have to miss one. She'd have to give up one. And they talked about it. And he wanted her. He encouraged her to go on the trip and miss the Super Bowl in which he was the head coach because he knew she had sacrificed so much to be his wife over all those years. And his love and respect for her, he wanted her to do that, even if it meant missing the Super Bowl. The truth is, husbands and wives who build a strong family who build a a healthy family, are going to mutually love one another, mutually respect one another, going to mutually grow in their understanding of one another, and are going to mutually sacrifice for one another and mutually support one another. That is foundational to having a strong family. So that's a word to the husbands and to the wives. But I want to say something from God's word to every dad and every mom. First, to every father. In the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says this, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And we all understand that. And sometimes when those babies are crying, sometimes when they become teenagers and they're rebellious, we need to remember that those children are God's gift to us. And then verse 4 of that passage says this, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. You build arrows, you make arrows, and you shoot them, and you aim them at a target. And God says that's what dads are to do with their children. And so dads, what I'm saying is that you need to be intentional 
intentionally aim your children and intentionally aim them at the right target. You know, I have beautiful childhood memories, for instance, of my grandfather teaching me how to plow the garden with a horse and a plow, as well as with a tiller, how to plant potatoes and tomatoes. I have memories of my dad teaching me how to fish and how to drive a boat. I have memories of my mom teaching me how to tie my shoes and how to read and learn my alphabet. I know that when I was growing up, my parents wanted me to be honest and wanted me to treat people well, that they wanted me to go to school and make good grades. But I really never had a sense that mom and dad were aiming me at a specific target other than just those isolated things, that there was never this sense that they said there's a purpose to life and we want to aim you, Steve, in that direction toward that grand purpose for life. I never had that sense. And they definitely never aimed me in the direction of Jesus Christ. Dads, what are you aiming your children at? What is the target you are putting in front of your children? And if you want to get a better understanding of what that target really is, what do you talk to them about? What do you help them learn how to do? What do you stress that is important to them? I know we as dads want to teach our boys how to play ball or how to fish, and we want to be there to support our daughters when they are involved in the things that mean so much to them but do you, do you have this grand purpose that you are intentionally aiming your sons and your daughters at? And is it Jesus Christ? Because ultimately the purpose of life is to know God, love God, and serve God. And are you intentionally aiming your children in that direction at that target? If I were to speak to your children and ask them, what is your father aiming you at? What would they say to me? And maybe you need to ask your children, son, daughter, do you have the sense that I'm aiming you and your life in any particular direction? And if so, what is it? God's advice, God's guidance for every dad is to be intentional at aiming the heart and the mind and the life of your children at a target. And it needs to be Jesus Christ. And by the way, dads, you cannot aim your children toward Jesus if your own life and your own heart and your own mind is not aimed at Jesus Christ. And now lastly, a word from Scripture for every mother. And that passage is in the book of 2 Timothy in chapter 1. Paul is writing to this young protege that he is mentoring named Timothy, a young preacher man, if you will. And he said to him in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. Timothy, I know that you have faith and, and that it's genuine. But that faith dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Paul says to this young man, Timothy, I know you have sincere faith because that's what your grandmother had and that's what your mother had and now you have it. And later in that same letter in chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 speaking directly to Timothy, Paul says, you however 
Timothy, continue, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, the scripture, the word of God. Timothy, you stay committed to the truth of scripture, to the truth of God's word. Why? Because it is God's word and because you know who you learned it from. You learned it from your mother. You learned it from your grandmother and they were the real deal. And you know that they loved you and that they had your best interest at heart and what they were teaching you was for your benefit. They weren't trying to manipulate you. They were giving you what they knew you needed and what was best for you because they loved you more than anybody else loved you. So cling to that. Moms, moms, pass on your faith. I could say pass on the faith, the faith of the gospel, the faith of Jesus Christ, but I want to say pass on your faith because you can't pass it on to your children if you don't have it. Just like a dad can't aim his children's heart and lives toward Jesus if his heart and life is not aimed toward Jesus, you can't pass on faith in Jesus to your children, mom, if you don't have a sincere and authentic faith walk with Jesus Christ. God's word says, moms, pass on the faith. Pass on your faith to your children. Last Sunday afternoon, Monisa and I, after services here at Rock Hill, drove to Lexington, South Carolina, and spent the night with our son and his wife and their four children, all preschoolers. And that Monday morning when we got up, I remember seeing our daughter-in-law, Sarah, sitting at the small table in the kitchen where the kids sit and eat, and, and she was helping them do their Bible story for that day, passing on her faith to her children, to our grandchildren. That is what God wants us to do. And I'm so thankful that one of the blessings of our Bible reading plan here at First Baptist Church is that it is enabling many dads and moms to have Bible-based spiritual conversations with their children because the children are reading God's Word, mom and dad are reading God's Word, they're reading the same passages, and they're having conversations about it. And I think every time that happens in heaven, there's a smile on the face of Almighty God. That's what He wants us to do. Strong families pass on the faith, aim their hearts and lives at the right thing. And as we, husbands and wives, learn to understand each other and love each other and respect each other, we not only are blessing our marriage, we are also blessing our children because we are showing them, showing them how when they grow up to be a great husband, when they grow up be a great wife, and we are simultaneously passing on to them the faith and aiming their heart and their mind and their lives at the thing that matters most in life, a relationship that is real with Jesus Christ. So I want to ask every husband and every wife, what are you doing in 2023 to make your marriage strong? I want to ask every dad and Every mother, 
What are you doing in 2023 to pass on the faith that is real to you, to your children? To let them see that Jesus is real and it's about more than church and it's about more than religion. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. What are you doing to pass that on to your children? So answer those questions. 2023, what are you doing to make your family strong? What are you doing to make your marriage strong? And what are you doing to aim your kids toward Jesus and pass on the faith? What are you doing to grow as a disciple? Because when you grow as a disciple, you will be a better husband, you will be a better wife, you will be a better dad, and you will be a better mom. What are you doing in 2023 to have a stronger family? God wants you to have a great family. And we here at First Baptist want that for you as well. So get on your knees and talk to God about it and do something. Do something. Do something. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.